0: Hi, everybody. This is the Play-By-Play Play podcast with Wayne Laravy. On this episode of the Play-By-Play, Play, we continue our conversation with Don John Dodds, our statistician on the Packers Radio Network, as well as a reporter statistician on NFL and Marquette University basketball. And uh, John... You know, let's talk a little bit about the Green Bay Packers and where they are right now. You sit next to us in the booth. Uh, you have covered the NFL since, what, the late 70s, I want to say, or thereabouts. And the other thing that you've done, not just as a reporter, as we mentioned last week, uh, for uh, newspapers and gathering quotes after the game, but you've also been affiliated uh, in, in a certain way with some teams over the years, including the Oakland Raiders. Were, were you scouting players for the Raiders? Were you keeping an eye on Pro players uh, for the Raiders. What was your role with Oakland, and, and did you have conversations with Al Davis? I,
1: I had I've had conversations with Al Davis and uh, worked primarily with uh, John Kingdon, his uh, yep. former right hand man. Yes, uh, in
0: we, the, well, we had him on. They've written a book. Uh, yeah, we had him on. A very
1: interesting book. Yeah, he he was outstanding. And uh, what I started was I was a 19 year old Marquette student and uh, had the opportunity to work for the. Uh, hackers on game days for newspapers and uh, got to know Lee Remmel and uh, uh, I sat next to a gentleman named John Finkler who was from uh, Madison and he was a area scout for the Oakland Raiders and uh, he would keep track of injuries and he'd keep track of uh, rookie rookies and performances and he would write these reports and he would call them into to John Kingdon after the game and I Got to know John over the year John Finkler over the years, and I said, John, what are you doing? And I'd help him out. I'd point out things that I saw, and he'd say thanks. And well, Lee Remmel, who gets along with everyone, and John Finkler, who's the nicest guy in the world, didn't get along. And one of the reasons why was Lee had a finite press box number of seats, and he didn't think that the Raiders should be at the Raider at the uh, Green Bay Chicago game. When Green Bay and Chicago weren't on the schedule for Oakland, ah. so he pulled his credential. John Finkler then recommended me. So I went to when I heard that I went to Lee Ramo and I said, Lee, the Raiders want me to uh, be a game day scout where I look at look at injuries and evaluate um, uh, players, rookie players, and. Do you have any problem with that? And he said, absolutely not, John. You have a credential. I'm just worried about credentials. And I said, fine. So I didn't tell anybody about it. So quietly for 20 years, I did this. (laughs) So what I would do is I would keep track of of, of the players and the the players that they told me about. They would fax something into me during the week, and I would study the players, write uh, game reports for them. And then their personnel department would type them up and present them to Al Davis when he was eating dinner that night, so he would eat dinner on the West Coast, and he'd receive 14 reports, and he'd check out the rookies from both teams, and he would cross-check the results with what his scouts had said from the previous April. I thought that's a really smart way to do it. So he, he and he kept uh, kept in uh, kept on the pulse, and this is before the internet. This is before cable sure. TV. Um, John Finkler, I remember, told me to cut out Bob McGinn articles and send them to, to John. John always liked reading Bob McGinn and his take. Uh, obviously, he couldn't get that on the internet, so um, that that's pretty much how it went for for years. And then when when Tom Crane was hired at Marquette, his he married Jack Harbaugh's daughter, so Jack Harbaugh came and he was a kind of a consultant, uh, quasi athletic director uh, in. Uh, at Marquette and I would take Jack out to lunch as many times as I could to give him to 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 ask him questions to find out exactly what in the world you look for in linebackers, in defensive backs. So I learned the descriptive descriptive terminology and uh, so the the reports started getting better. Mm-hmm. And they started noticing that I was on a business trip out in Los Angeles and I stopped by a practice and Al Davis Saw a stranger, a strange face on the practice field, and he he had barbed wire around, and he didn't like strange people. Who is this guy? And so my John Kingdon waved him over and said, "Al, this is John Does. This is our Green Bay guy." And he said, uh, "Oh, your uh, your reports are getting better." keep up the good work and then he goes <laughs> and you can stay here for five minutes and then get the hell off the practice field because he didn't want me anywhere near you know strangers saying what this is what they're doing and so i got the big and he was john john kingdom was very apologetic and i i said john that's a that's a story i'll be telling for 30 years yeah. i mean and, he, and al had a white suit a white tie a white shirt white shoes and it was the <laughs> it was the darnest thing so um so i did that and kind of an interesting thing is I was at a tax seminar in New York City. And I still remember this. I'm walking with uh, a, one of the colleagues that I was with and then the, the, the professor who was teaching it. And we're walking past Carnegie Hall in 2003. And I get this call. And it's in August. And it's from John Kingdon. And he said, uh, we're thinking of making a trade for the Packers, Marcus Anderson, the UCLA safety. Uh-huh. And I said, Oh John, I I read in the paper where your safety blew his knee in pra- in camp two days ago. He goes, yes, but today our backup safety just blew his knee, and we're desperate for a safety. What do you think of Marcus Anderson? And I said, whoa. I, I thought, boy. Um, I said, well, go back to last year's tape and look at the Detroit game. He had a great interception. Took a lot of good angles. He's six one. He's got long arms. He plays bigger than he is, and that was his best game. His worst game, I think, was a a Minnesota game. Look at the Minnesota game up in Lambeau. He took all the wrong angles, and uh, and they said, fine, thanks, click. And the two people I'm walking with were saying – what in the world was that all about? <laughs> and I explained. Uh, I tried to explain that I now, worked with the Raiders. Now I don't recall. Did they make a deal the next day? I think the, they did. In didn't the they? New York Times, they they traded a sixth and a seventh round pick to the Packers for Marcus Anderson. And I, I was thinking, hey, I contributed finally something to maybe a, some Packer draft picks. And then about two days later, Mike Sherman traded those two picks to Kansas City for this defensive lineman named R. Cal Trulock or K. Cal Trulock. I can't remember, and I don't think the Packers did either because I think they cut him about Uh. uh, maybe about three months later. But um, so that was my... That was my history of uh, engineering a trade. We're
0: talking with John Dodds, who uh, works in our booth uh, as a statistician, but has had a, a long and varied career uh, covering games in Green Bay, covering the NFL, and in fact working for uh, teams like the Raiders and the New York Giants and the L.A. Rams, just kind of scouting and keeping an eye on talent uh, as he watches the games unfold. Let me ask you this. Let's bring it up to date today. I, I think people you know, uh, want to hear about where... Uh, any any perspective on the packers going into this offseason as they uh, as we ramp up toward the start of the league year and free agency and, and uh, the draft and everything else from where you sit give me your observation cuz we don't talk a lot when we're in the booth together you're doing your thing and I'm doing my thing and, and it's a very you know it's not a real conversational type off the air type thing but where do you from where you sit just give me your impression of the Packers and where they
1: are right now, I see the Packers as uh, a cup that's half filled, and it's—I uh, think it is half filled. I, I think they are very, very close. The the uh, ninety-six Packers would have been eighteen and zero last year. The, I think the NFL with the salary cap has diffused the talent around. Injuries kill you with the cap, and injuries have killed the Packers recently. But you just look at the year before, when in 2016, when you look at the Packers, they started off 3-1. and one. They had a boatload of injuries at the cornerback, at the running back, and at the tight end position. But then when they got them back, I think they were 1-5. They started off 3-1, and 1-5, one, one and, and then they won 8 sure. in a row. They,
0: they were 4-6 and, and heading to
1: 6-10. And... Ten. and, and but then they got Cook back, they got uh, Randall and Rollins back. Not at a hundred percent, but even at seventy five percent, they were better. And that they had they had missed Shields that whole year, but the quality of play. Well, Aaron so Rodgers, absolutely, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Rodgers
0: became hot. Uh, you know, John, I think, and, and I've seen every pass Aaron Rodgers has thrown in the NFL, and a few of his in college in person, and. I, the most impressed I have been with Aaron Rodgers was not the run in 2010 to the Super Bowl or the phenomenal Super Bowl game he played. And you talk about a game of inches. It's a game of less than inches when you look at some of those passes in that Super Bowl that got through for scores for Green Bay. But, and it's not the buck-22 passer rating he had in 2011. It's what he did with that team two years ago. A team that, that to me, looked like, if you looked at the whole team objectively... Just be objective. Throw out the, you know, your loyalties and all your. Um, what does McCarthy say? Throw out the. Um, oh, he keeps saying uh, you, you got it. You, you've got to take away the all the 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 things you would normally do. Um, just look at it objectively. That was a that was a six and ten football team. All right, the talent wise, the injuries they had, but talent wise and everything. And Rodgers just picked that team up. They won eight in a row, six in a row down the stretch to win the division, eight in a row to the NFC Championship game, and then it ended abruptly, uh, almost to the coin toss in Atlanta that day in the NFC Championship game. But what a phenomenal run. Uh, you want to talk about a franchise quarterback. I believe there are about four of them in the league. There are 10 of them that people call franchise quarterbacks. 10 of them are being paid like franchise quarterbacks. There are really about four of them. And Rodgers is probably at the top of the heap in that category, in my opinion.
1: We're, couldn't agree with you more. Last year, I don't think you can evaluate the Packers after you took Aaron Rodgers out of the mix. Because when you look at Jordy Nelson, I love Jordy to death. But one-third of his stats come on extended plays. But you know what was
0: interesting? And there's an article written here. I want to say uh, Tom Silverstein. This was interesting to me because we're t- we're talking now. We're getting into where you and I, wa- I want to be heading with you now. is As you look at the Packers coming in, and, and they're making salary cap decisions, and the headline writers, you know, God, God bless headline writers. They are clueless. Uh, Nelson is still <laughs> a part of the Packers' plans, meaning that at all costs, the Packers are going to keep Jordy Nelson. Well, that's not what the Packers are saying, and that's not what anybody believes. You know, the the, the Packers would like to have Jordy Nelson. But what's interesting about this, and, and he had six touchdown receptions in the five games Rodgers was healthy for, okay? We're not counting the Carolina game. But I think, if I'm reading this correctly, his longest reception was 30 yards in that span. And um, here it is. No, it was written by, uh, well, Tom and, and Ryan Wood. When Rodgers was healthy, Nelson had only two receptions of 30 or more yards. Two receptions of 30 or more, so he had more than a 30-yard reception. He had six touchdown receptions. But even when Rodgers came back in the Carolina game, the receiver that stood out that day wasn't Jordy Nelson, it was Randall Cobb. And every Packers fan I talked to said, well, they're going to cut Cobb, aren't they? <laughs> really? What are you watching? What are you looking at? Did you see the Carolina game? Did you see the movie made on the 33-yard touchdown play? And, and, you know, with Jordy, I I think they'd like to have him back, but you can't pay Devontae, and you can't pay Randall, and you can't pay Jordy what you're scheduled to pay them. Okay? Oh, and by the way, Aaron's about to take 25-30% to of your cap when you do this new deal, after Kirk Cousins signs with Minnesota. So, you know, this is wonderful. Oh yeah, then, then, then of course you know Mike McCarthy and everybody and, and, and uh, Brian Gutekunst are saying Jordy Nelson is still a quality player. They'd like to have him, but I don't think they want Jordy Nelson counting twelve and a half million on the cap. Nor do they want Randall Cobb counting twelve point seven million on the cap. There are going to be some hard conversations that are coming up. Some of which I'm sure have already been made,
1: but they can be done respectfully, kind of like sure. the way they did with Mason Crosby in 2012, where he started having a bad year and they said, "All right, we'll incentivize you, reduce the cap number, we'll incentivize you, and I'm pretty sure that if both Nelson and Cobb, uh, if they had their salaries cut, their base salaries by 50%, but have incentives, Aaron Rodgers is going to show them the love enough where they're going to be making pretty much what they need to be making. But the the game that, when I look back, at, when I think back of last year, it's the game when uh, Huntley was playing against Baltimore. They lost 22 to nothing. Baltimore had the best defense I've seen last year, and they had two great cornerbacks. And But there was one opportunity where Jordy Nelson ran down the sidelines, cut to the middle, and there was nobody around. And I'm used to having Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers throw that ball and lead them, and yeah. that's a touchdown. And I looked back at Huntley, and Huntley was back, and he's about ready to square up and step. And Suggs came in and made him flinch, and he ran out to the side and couldn't reload before he got sacked. And Nelson was waiting for the ball I thought, that's an opportunity missed that Aaron Rodgers would not
0: miss. The question you have to ask yourself, especially with Jordy, and, you know, when you throw to Jordy Nelson, the window is very tight. Very tight, okay? Um, And and that's a product. You know, he's 33 years old now. He's had a devastating knee injury that wiped out a whole season. Um, You know, they're just different things. And, you know, everyone says, well, yeah, but he was comeback player of the year two years ago. Yeah, but if you recall, he was kind of struggling along, as was Aaron. And until they moved him to the slot, uh, that's when Jordy Nelson took off two years ago and had that great season. And and Aaron, obviously, uh, his performances as well, uh, came up an extra notch or two down the stretch. But, um, you know, that said to me that Jordy Nelson can no longer beat the best on
1: the outside one-on-one. That Minnesota game... And what a difference a year makes. When I interviewed Zimmer after this past year, they've won, they, they kicked, Green, they shut out Green Bay. 11 months earlier, Green Bay won about 38 to 20. Yeah, remember just that game on Christmas just, Eve? I just believe it killed them. In
0: Green Bay. Yeah. And
1: not only did Nelson play in the slot, but they had Cook. And I think Larry McCarran on one of your shows had a video of or a play of Cook clearing out three people and and Nelson coming down. So they didn't have Cook last year. They had no tight end, basically. So you could guard. Not only did you have Huntley at quarterback, but you also had, oh, no Cook. So you could really punch and rotate over and guard nelson that's
0: an interesting point you know and, and so I, I think that's what uh, brian gutekunst and mike mccarthy are trying to evaluate is where is jordy nelson do we really know where he is i mean because if you look at it just from a layman standpoint which is all i can do um it looks like he's lost more than a step and um but by the same token you know football is not that easy it's not a one-man deal it's not a one-man sport and the point you're bringing up with the tight end factor, uh, that opens up wide receivers, that type of thing. They didn't have that last year. Even when Martellus Bennett was playing, all he could do was block. He didn't catch a lick. Um, and, you know, that tight end position was different last year than the year before. And maybe with a good tight end, Jordy's a better player. But the fact is, Jordy Nelson today needs help. To hit get numbers and um, you know that's maybe the difference. So my point is this: you want Jordy Nelson on your football team? Yes, you do. Yeah. But you can't you can't pay players. You can't pay a lot of players a lot of money for things they can no longer do. That's the nature. That's what the salary cap's all about, folks. So in other words, if, if and even with Clay Matthews, although I probably wouldn't touch his contract, John, because I think you're going to do a lot of different things with Clay. He's still your best linebacker. Period. And don't tell me Nick uh, Perry had three sacks against the Bears. Nick Perry uh, struggles with one of the three A's. Availability. That's a big problem. And, you know, even when he's available, a lot of times he's got a club on his hand. And he's not nearly as effective. Clay Matthews is still their best linebacker, in my opinion. I don't know if you agree with that. But the other thing is, Clay's not just going to rush from the outside. He's going to rush from the inside. He's going to play at inside linebacker. Because if you're going to play Blake Martinez, you better have somebody who has great range playing next to him at inside linebacker in a 3-4.
1: Yeah, one of the things that teams look for in defensive playmakers is burst. Charles Woodson had burst. Burst. It's an extra quick gear that you can make a play. Clay Matthews has burst, although I did notice that he had his knee cleaned out at the end of the year, and in that long fumble return that he had against Minnesota, he looked like a a 4.9 guy laboring, and got caught from behind. Did you notice that? I don't think he is
0: nearly, obviously, as fast, maybe not quite as quick as he used to be, but he is still a very good linebacker. Now, here's the problem with his contract. And if you're if you're going to look at Jordy's contract and Randall's contract, you're going to be looking at Clay's contract too. Because what's a good year for Clay Matthews? He had a good year, folks, whether you believe it or not. He led the team in quarterback hits. He he um, you know. He had, what, nine sacks on the season, I want to say. But a good year for Clay Matthews now is nine sacks, not 12 or 13. And you're paying him, even in the final year of this contract, tw- for 12 or 13. But if I'm going to overpay anybody on that roster, I'll overpay him over a wide receiver. Because I think you still there's so many things you need him to do in your defense in addition to rush the quarterback.
1: One of the, One of the things I do is I interview players in the opponent locker room And every now and then I'll get a tidbit that I'll remember. And in 2010, Packers were playing an exhibition game against the Colts, and Reggie Wayne was standing by his locker. He didn't even play that game. And I went up to him and I said, what is the key to the Packer defense? So this is pre-Super Bowl run exhibition 2010. He said that the thing that makes the Packer defense different is Charles Woodson. He said he's a a cornerback that can make plays, and he can come up, and he can hit like a linebacker. And when we're running offensive, uh, running plays, our offensive linemen have to account for him wherever he is. Normally, you have these DBs that just run, and they come up and try to hit you with their purse or something. That's what, to to quote uh, Reggie Wayne. (laughs) And and, uh, so... I think the problem the Packers have had and and the problem that Dom Capers had is he had this team in 2010 where he had um, Charles Woodson. He had Nick Collins. Mm -hmm. So now it's Clay Matthews, and that's it. Now, I noticed Ha-Ha against the um, Ha-Ha Clinton Dicks didn't have a a great year last year, but one of the things, uh, there was a play in uh, the Cleveland game where there was a deep pass over the middle, and instead of jumping back and grabbing it, he went back and he grabbed his back. And I'm wondering if he was playing with something last year, yeah. if he had something that he never talked about.
0: It's hard to know, John. And, and, you know, the thing for all of us observers, including scouts and people like that, um, if a player suits up and he goes out on the field, you're expecting a certain level of, of a performance. Now, that may not be fair to that player who, as you mentioned, might be playing with something. But the way he wasn't on the injury report everybody's dinged up in november and december in that league you you don't play in that league 100% in december you just don't you can't be you uh, your flesh and blood um, so I don't know, but I know there was a lot of criticism of HaHa Clinton-Dix. I sure hope uh, he has a great year this year because they need him to. Uh, But the other safety, the other person, since you're talking safety, that they've got to take a look at is Morgan Burnett, who is a free agent. How much does he have left in the tank? He's a very integral part of what they do. He's one of the smartest players on the field. He does multiple things. He covers slot receivers. He plays linebacker. He plays safety. You know, um, if you don't bring him back, what do you do? Well, you've got number 27 you know uh, you've got the rookie you could put in there and they just turned him around um you know josh jones last year with all kinds of responsibility from the day he got into camp they had him doing playing on three levels of defense
1: it seemed three, like. three positions
0: you know yeah and, and uh the, you know i joe witt jr said to me at one point during training camp he said You know, I asked him, you know, are these rookies not playing to speed? Kevin King being the other one, and obviously he wasn't playing to speed because he had a chronic shoulder. But um, I I said, you know, is 27 playing to speed? And he said, no. He said, but we've slowed down 27. They put too much on his plate. Um, I hope this year he'll be back. He's the guy, I guess you would say, that's your Morgan Burnett. If you don't sign Morgan Burnett, that kid's got to play and play big.
1: Yeah, Josh Jones, I thought they played him at slot, they played him at that hybrid linebacker position, and then they played him at safety. And you have to be patient with these young guys because I remember Leroy Butler. uh, Leroy Butler is a Hall of Fame safety, but his first two years he was an average cornerback. He came in, and I remember they were playing him at corner before they moved him to safety. Mike Wall. Mike Wall was a guard, a lineman uh, drafted yeah. with a compliment, uh, supplemental pick by Ron Wolf in the second round from uh, Navy, and he was a turnstile for two years at offensive tackle, and then he became one of the best offensive guards in the in the uh, in the league. So uh, you have to be you have to be show some patience. I thought jo- Josh Jones showed some burst. Yes, but when you're thinking and you're a young player and you're thinking, you can't show the burst. You don't have the confidence to do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's where you don't play to speed. John Dodds, our statistician of the Packers Radio Network, is with us on this uh, week's play-by-play over the years. He's uh, been a game-day scout for the Oakland Raiders and at times the New York Giants and the L.A. Rams uh, in Green Bay scouting pro players. Um, we're talking about the Green Bay Packers. You are talking about kind of, you know, just a random thing of who they need to sign, who they're looking at, that type of thing. You mentioned offensive linemen. Offensive linemen develop let me put it this way, kind of at their own pace. Uh, They usually don't come in like Joe Thomas out of Wisconsin and start pancaking people from the day they put the pads on in minicamp, okay? They usually take time. Even talented offensive linemen, and we've seen a number of them have to grow. You know, T.J. Lang, first couple of years in Green Bay, my gosh, people were wondering, will this guy ever get it? Will he ever really, you know, uh, make this a priority? And he became an all-pro lineman. Uh, Josh Sitton took a little bit of time. Um, You know, you mentioned Mike Wall, and you're exactly right, and Wall became an excellent uh, pro-bowl lineman, not necessarily for the Packers, but uh, later on for Seattle and then Carolina. But, you know... um, When I look at Jason Spriggs, and I look at the Packers' offensive line situation, and there's a a thought that that Brian Bulaga, coming off a major knee surgery, probably won't even be ready for training camp. They're hoping he will be, but he probably won't be. Now what do you do on the right side of your offensive line? Um, You know, Jari Evans gave them a solid year last year, folks, at at right guard, okay? Solid. Um, You know, then you got your right tackle spot became a turnstile, with Bulaga in and out of the lineup and then gone, and everything else going on. you know, when I look at the right side of the offensive line, there are a couple of holes there they have to fill. Now, I think they've got a guard in mind. I think they've got a guard on staff right now. Do they have a tackle? Is Jason Spriggs that guy?
1: That's that's a great question. I know that um, the reason why I think the Packers are very, very close, and probably closer than some of the prognosticators and some of the uh, viewers, is they were 4-1 and last year, and they had – they started seven offensive tackles. I've never heard of anything yeah. like that. It was Murphy would start. Then he changed positions. Then he got hurt. Then Spriggs got hurt. Bakhtiari got hurt. Balaga got hurt. It was um, absolutely amazing how many players that uh, that the, they went down. Uh, that went down. But they were still four and one, and they even moved Taylor to offensive left tackle to beat the to beat the Cowboys last year. So you have you have Taylor, uh, who can possibly play tackle in a in a pinch, kind of like Flanagan did, and uh, sometimes the the Packers would move a Treader out there uh, in emergency situations when when he was there, but um, I, you have to rely on Larry McCarran And when it comes to offensive line, and I've tried to pump him for as much information as possible until he gets tired and he walks away from me. But I was asked him about Spriggs. And he was saying that he showed very little. Uh, I remember Spriggs, he, the eye test at the combine two years ago. There was a reason why the Packers traded two picks up to get him at 47 in the second round, because he was the last tier of offensive lineman that they had. So, um, in that in that group, so there's something there. He's very athletic, but it seems like. It, it doesn't work. He, he, it could be a young player hesitant. He doesn't play to that ability. But I noticed that he did come back after that first, I think he had a hamstring injury. Yeah. Yeah. He came back, and he had a pulse against Pittsburgh. What, he was Larry, actually,
0: what Larry has always said about him, John, is that, that you know Jason Spriggs has all the tools. This is not about the physical aspect of the game. He's got great feet. He's big enough, strong enough. He, he's, he's got that kind of ability. What, what It's the intangible aspect of this whole thing, of what makes a pro a pro. That's what we haven't seen yet. But I think we started to see that late in the season. In that Minnesota game, when he went down, he was going to get the last two weeks of the season to really make a case. First play, Minnesota game, December 23rd, he goes down, and then that's it. And, and so, um, you know, to kind of wrap this thing up, this is a guy they're gonna to have to take a hard look at, but I, I wonder, you know, if in fact he eventually can fill this bill. Is he gonna be one of those players where not in the second year, but in the third year, the light goes on and boom, you got a solid player.
1: Well with Murphy coming back, I think they have they have enough in their depth. Lucas Patrick, McCrae, you have some players that can that can fill in and you have some roster flexibility when a guy like um Balaga you can put him on the pup list yep. and you can I love extending that roster from 53 to 54 or 55 whenever you can and that, that's a possibility. I think this, this whole year comes down to uh, the new defensive coordinator yeah, and who they're going to who, who he thinks, does he like Morgan Burnett? What does he think of Ha Ha? Because I think they need a corner some pass rush and another safety. I think you're probably
0: right. We're going to have to leave it there, uh, John but I really appreciate you taking the time out with us the last couple of weeks. John Dodds uh, our statistician of the Packers Radio Network, but a lot more than that, as we have found out in these last couple of weeks. Thanks very much.
1: Thank you, Wayne.
0: That'll do it for this episode of the Play-by-Play. Play. If you'd like to get a hold of me, drop me an email at wayne.larravie at packersradio.com. That's all lowercase. Or on Twitter, at Wayne Larrabee. Special thanks to our producers, Dan Shannick and Jay Sorge. You've been listening to the Play-by-Play Play with Wayne Larravie.